Hi, welcome to you. Me. And CV. I'm Mike. I'm Gia. And today we're going to be talking about the pilot episode of Big Little Lies. Big Little Lies was created and written by David E. Kelly and premiered on February 19th, 2017. Season one is available to stream on HBO and season two is currently airing. But we're going to be talking about the first episode of the first season and that episode title is Somebody's Dead. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Let me go ahead and start off by reading the HBO description of Big Little Lies. Based on Leanne Moriarty's best-selling book and featuring Reese Witherspoon, Nicole Kidman, and Shailene Woodley, this darkly comedic series tells the tale of three mothers whose seemingly perfect lives unravel to the point of murder. Hmm. What do we think about that HBO description, Gia? Well, I have some thoughts on it, but they're kind of spoilery, so I won't... Them. All right. Well, hey, let's talk about it a little bit. You've seen the whole first season mm-hmm. and yep. the first episode of the second season, right? Yep. I'm and, all caught up. Uh, excellent. I've only seen the first like three episodes, maybe, because mm-hmm. we started watching it when it came out, and then mm-hmm. I think we got rid of HBO, and I was like, "We'll let you keep watching it," and I just didn't have time to watch it. But mm-hmm. I've been watching that first episode, you know, a few times to prepare for the podcast. I like it. I'm into it. Mm-hmm. And it's as good. and as far as my uh, opinion of the description there. Their, their seemingly perfect lives unravel to the point of murder. That's a if if you're getting to the point of murder, you got other issues going on than yeah. just your life kind of unraveling. That's a yeah, it's a bit much. It's a little bit yeah. much. Um, anyway, let's talk about Big Little Lies. Of course, Big Little Lies is part of the expanded cinematic liar verse, uh, which features Big Little Lies, Pretty Little Liars, in the 2002 Frankie Muniz movie Big Fat Liar. Oh, those all take place in the same universe. They do. They wow. do. Yeah, there's um, <laughs> Reese Witherspoon uh, makes a small cameo in all of them. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, that's not true. I've actually never seen Big Fat Liar. I don't think anyone has. Well, some people, I'm sure. Yeah, Frankie Muniz probably did. <laughs> that's true. And Amanda Bynes. Yeah. But also, Paul Giamatti. I don't think he watched it. I'm sure I he... I think he likes to pretend it didn't happen. All I remember about Big Fat Liar is that he's covered in blue, like blue paint or something in the <laughs> on the movie cover, maybe? On the VHS cover? I don't know. Uh, but no, that's... I'm being silly. Uh, (laughs) Big Little Lies, though, it is based on a book, like we mentioned in the description there. Um, That description, uh, or that book, also titled Big Little Lies. And um, that author, uh, well, you know, we were talking about earlier, just you and I were talking about how we used Mm -hmm. to pick out like books that we would read based on the TV shows or Mm -hmm. movies. Uh, Like, for example, Nick Hornby, who wrote About a Boy and High Fidelity. Mm -hmm. And and then, and he wrote a bunch of other books too that are not, yeah, oh yeah. And that are, but he wrote a bunch and a TV show too, which I've never watched that Uh, show for About a Boy. Yeah, not a great TV show in my opinion. (laughs) But I used to like read other books by those authors and that's how I would like find new books to read Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So Leanne Moriarty, she's got several books Mm -hmm. and um, they've got titles like truly madly guilty how's that does that sound exciting it does yeah it sounds do you i think should it, mention do you think it has the um oh what's that band what's the band that has the truly madly deeply oh that's uh uh oh what is the name of that? it's it's sound something right um oh my gosh why are we blanking on the band that does truly madly deeply i don't know but do you think like if they optioned that for a tv show would that song be in it well, I think it would have to be Savage Garden. Savage Garden. Not I, I was. Garden. I know that. Oh, <laughs> let's just for one second. Let's clarify. I know that Soundgarden <laughs> does not do truly madly deeply. I just this that was in my head. 
it was I had the wrong half of it that was part of it. Right. Garden, Savage Garden. <laughs> but yes. we got there. So it's, we we made it. It's okay. Yes, <laughs> truly madly guilty. Uh, another title of hers is uh, The Husband's Secret. Another book by Leanne Moriarty. Mm-hmm. Um, also Nine Perfect Strangers, which is exactly what you would think it is uh, Bronson Pinchot from Perfect Strangers but the, it's like a cross between that and multiplicity where there's like nine of him and that's I'm just I'm throwing the jokes out early here <laughs> look on our last episode we talked about the show Rami and I had mm-hmm. some like jokes and some clever points I was gonna make mm-hmm. and I didn't write them in the notes and so oh, no. I wrote all my jokes in the notes this time guys so that's the the best way to tell jokes. <laughs> I think so. I think so. No, but Just to bullet point them and make sure you hit everyone. <laughs> of course. Hey, look, I used to do comedy. That's that's how you do it. We should mention too that Leanne Moriarty is Australian, and this is an Australian book. So the setting yeah. is totally different in the in the book. Um, yeah, because in the the TV show, it's set in Monterey, California. Yeah. Um, well, hey, let's kind of let's just dive right into the episode a little bit. You know, with this particular episode, um, we approached it a little bit differently. We're not going to talk about every single scene like we normally do, but we're going to talk about some of the significant scenes, some of the mm-hmm. things that stood out as we were watching it. And um, because you know, for one, too, you should check out the show because mm-hmm. it's on HBO. But hey. Let's do a little plug here for Amazon because I'm going to tell you what, Amazon is not paying us. HBO is not paying us. And wouldn't it be cool if they were? Yeah. But Yeah, if anyone wants to pay us, we'll take it. We will. We will take it. <laughs> but it, you should get, for one, you should get an Amazon Prime subscription because yes. you get not only that free shipping, but you yes. get this like crazy assortment of movies and TVs all to stream uh, and movies and TV shows all to stream mm-hmm. on their app. Plus, you can like buy seasons of TV shows and things mm-hmm. like that. But the HBO add-on on Amazon is like... It's the same price as it is getting it anywhere else, but it's like super easy. You just click on a button and boom, there you go. It just gets billed to your Amazon account. Mm-hmm. It's and fantastic. You can cancel it the next month. You cancel you it anytime. You just yep. you can let the whole series, you know, play and then you you get it at the end of the series and then you watch it all at once and cancel mm-hmm. it. Boom, it's awesome. So, yep. uh, you should definitely check this out doing that. Um, and not only HBO, but like uh, the other channels too, Showtime, all that CBS yeah. All Access. Yeah. They're all mm-hmm. on there. Um, also, uh, so anyway, yeah, that's that's how you can watch it. But yeah, we're going to, let's just start it off. Let's get right into it. The opening sequence. Mm-hmm. You like the theme music. You were I talking about that. I love the theme music. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's really cool. So the song that's playing, it's Cold Little Heart by Michael Kiwanuka. And a side note about the music in this show. One, it's awesome. And we'll talk more about it. But there's mm-hmm. a Spotify playlist, like an official HBO Spotify playlist. Yeah. And a thing we've been doing since we've been doing this podcast is like the day that we're going to record the podcast, we'll just like throw on the the Spotify playlist for the the show that we're doing and listen and we to just that jam out day, to it like to get in the mood yeah and it's like it's such a nice way to spend the day I'll tell you what yeah. I was getting ready for the podcast earlier I took a took a little shower dimmed the lights a little mm-hmm. bit had this music plan I felt like some of the rich people in the show yeah these people are so rich they're so I felt yeah. actually more like the slightly less rich person in the yeah, show who, Still must be pretty Still rich pretty somehow rich. to live in this town at all, but we'll <laughs> yeah. get there. <laughs> so, but that music's playing, and um, I feel like this opening scene, it's kind of cool too, or the opening sequence, is, so it's got all of these moms driving to school, and we'll talk more about those characters in a minute, mm-hmm. um, but they're driving and they're taking their kids to school, mm-hmm. um, but it actually feels like to me when I was watching it, I had to double check on the second episode to make sure that it actually was an opening sequence, because mm-hmm. it could have easily just been the first scene 
in right. the show. Yeah. So I think uh-huh. that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of visuals of the coast and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a very beautiful place, Monterey, California. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And everybody is super rich and they live in really nice houses. It's They've fantastic. got really nice clothes. Yeah. Now, side note though, too, is that the book again is set in Australia. Mm-hmm. And so rather than, um, the opening sequence or the opening part of the book, them driving all to school. It's, it's them in kangaroo pouches with the... Uh, <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah, that's a detail. That's that actually... They changed, they changed that. Yeah. Sometimes they change things from the book yeah, to the show. Yeah, the book the, had uh, a lot show. more kangaroos, a lot of giant insects. Boomerangs were in there? Boomerangs, for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is this offensive to Australian people? Probably. Sorry. Maybe. Mm, Sorry. Did not mean to. <laughs> They're not oppressed. Yeah. Probably. Actually, I have no idea. Sure. Um, some of them might be. I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Well, let's just move on from that. Uh, let's talk about uh, the characters in the show and some of the actors and actresses in it. And so uh, this is from Vulture. Uh, there's a character breakdown here, sort of from the uh, a review of the first episode. So I'm going to go ahead and read that. It says, Four mobs are at the center of Big Little Eyes. Madeline Martha McKenzie, played by Reese Witherspoon, the blonde butterfly of Monterey. Celeste Wright, played by Nicole Kidman, the filthy rich wounded beauty. Jane Chapman, played by Shailene Woodley, the withholding newcomer. And Renata Klein, Laura Dern, the rule-abiding career woman. Interesting. So the the um, HBO description gave us three moms. This Vulture article is giving us four moms. And I would argue that there's five moms who are really at the center of this. Yeah, because there's Zoe bon- Kravitz, right? Yeah, and Bonnie is yeah. her name. Yeah, so. And so there's a lot of moms. It's a lot of moms. Mm-hmm. And, and this few, show, too. And a few dads. There's a few dads as well. Mm-hmm. Adam Scott is in this. Yeah. I love Adam uh-huh. Scott uh, of uh, Parks and Recreation, mm-hmm. of a uh, few episodes of Boy Meets World. And uh, he played right. the bully briefly. I think we talked about that on Riff. the Parks and Recreation. It, Griff. 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 Yeah. yeah. And, uh, the cool bully. He is so cool. He's, he's in my favorite episode. But hey, we'll talk about Boy Meets World another time. And I guarantee that. Uh, <laughs> we were watching some, just a side note here. We were watching, it was Friday night last night. And you know what I did? I threw on Family Matters on Hulu. After Family Matters, I threw on some Boy Meets World. After Boy Meets World, I threw on some Step by Step. And then we uh, capped off the night with a little bit of hanging with Mr. Cooper. It was a good time. Yeah. <laughs> living your best life in it's happening it's all happening <laughs> um so this episode though of big little lies the episode title somebody's dead which they do say on the screen which i mentioned before on this podcast i love it when they tell us the episode title in it yeah it's important to me i want to know yeah and and this uh somebody's dead that's a good episode title right yeah because here's what it tells me hooked somebody's dead right i want to know right and but we don't know who we don't is. we know we don't know it's we just Even know it's by the end of the episode we don't know that's a mystery dead. Yeah. yeah do we find out do i know do we know i don't know you don't need to let's oh, not well, spoil we will find out we by will? the end of season one. Oh man yes gotta keep but, watching yeah. all right somebody's dead um it, the episodes it starts off at the i guess then it's at the end of the season um, mm-hmm, it starts mm-hmm. off at the end of the season and there's some detectives arriving at a school fundraiser, a very fancy school fundraiser, yes. fancier than any school fundraiser that I think you or I will ever go to in our lifetime. For sure. Yeah. And <laughs> yeah. all the, um, all the women are dressed like Audrey Hepburn. Okay. Yeah. All the men are dressed like Elvis. Are they? See, I only yeah. kind of caught that. I noticed yeah. there was a lot of Elvis on that Spotify playlist though. Yeah. So that's going to come that's, into play. Yeah. And that's something um, in the opening sequence there when that, yeah. that song was playing and the, there's the driving. They watch but them there's all. also that part where like. They're all, all walking, the, doing a little the, model pose yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, all the kids like walk up to the camera and do model poses, but also all the moms walk up to the camera and doing model poses and they're all 
in that sequence okay. all the moms are dressed like audrey hepburn all right. characters okay and that's because of the the theme of this fundraiser all right excellent this, now we don't know that yet but they do those no, flash forwards we, too yeah, but you we know see it. them dressed like that yeah, 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 yeah. okay cool okay so oh you know what it's not also it's not just a uh, fundraiser it's also a murder scene yes yes mm -hmm. somebody is dead there mm -hmm. and the next thing we see um we see some police interrogations that are sort of intercut with scenes of the parents taking their kids to school on the school's orientation day so at the, right. the beginning of the year on the orientation day and uh there's some stuff that happens as uh reese witherspoon care reese witherspoon's character is uh taking her kids to school um at one point so i'm not going to go into all the like little details so i'm just going to mm -hmm. be kind of vague in the descriptions here but uh, Reese Witherspoon, it, she trips and falls when mm -hmm. she's getting out of her car talking to her daughter. Mm -hmm. And uh, Shailene Woodley's character comes to her aid and comes to help her. Yeah, and, and I think that was after like her little Shailene Woodley's little boy um, was like, "Should we see if that lady is okay?" Like, which gives us the sense right away that Shailene Woodley and her little boy are both like empathetic characters like they care about people right they're good yeah people. i think so yeah and, mm -hmm. and which is an important thing to note and also um you know i mentioned that extended liar verse also shailene <laughs> woodley uh this the, her kid here is of course the kid that she had in secret life of the american teenager oh right yes, yes. So i didn't realize that was part of the extended liar verse <laughs> oh it is everything on um abc family or freeform yeah, what about liar liar a liar liar is also jim carrey shows up in episode seven and he just starts <laughs> spitting mad truths on everybody uh <laughs> anyway though what happens here though there's something so i like this show but on the first watching of it when we watched it like last year or whatever mm -hmm. there were some things that kind of bothered me about it that i felt took me mm -hmm. out of the show and i kind of get the vibe of it now a little bit more but i'm gonna point out a few things here so these police interrogations mm -hmm. they're interrogating i guess all of these other parents at yeah, the school like, teachers the people being interrogated are like minor minor characters, characters tertiary are, characters yeah who are just like basically commenting on what they've observed about the the women at the core of this story right and so that part right when reese witherspoon trips and falls and shailene woodley helps her out it cuts to one of the people being interrogated mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and he says it's possible that had she not fallen, nobody would have gotten killed. Yeah, and I'm not to sure me, that that's... Mm. So am I to assume <laughs> that this whole story about how they met and how she tripped and fell that one day everybody was told knows. to everybody? everybody knows, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. There's another part where like uh, she says, at one point, I didn't write this one down, but Reese Witherspoon says at one point like, I've got a nose for that kind of thing. And then it cuts to another interrogation and they're like, <laughs> no what she had a nose for was being up in people's business yeah, and it was yeah. like what why yeah. are they responding to what's happening in the past I they know. knew all these details it just felt like like bad writing and yeah. stuff maybe it sounded good in the book but it took me mm -hmm. out of it in the beginning yeah i think it is something that probably works better in the book this whole framing mechanism of of the people being interrogated i think is just supposed to show us that like this is a town where everybody's like paying attention and judging everybody else and mm. like gossiping about each other would you call it a gossip town i would call it gossip town would yeah. you call it a grapple hound <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the name of one of andy's songs on uh, parks and recreation yeah. one of mouse rat songs yeah. that's uh what is it uh, uh what's the guy brandanowitz mark, mark brandanowitz he's like i really like that song grapple hound <laughs> and i think ann's like gossip town <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah because they're kind of like doing the nickelback slurring in there so oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. 
Anyway. Anyway. That's neither here nor there. So those were some things that I didn't like. There's a little bit more that I didn't like here. And um, so I like the idea of having a detective uh, investigating a crime throughout the the season. So yes. like they set it up. We know there's a murder and we know we're building to finding out who did the murder or whatever. Yes. Who did the murder? Who did the killing? Who murdered? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I like that because I think it builds suspense and I think that's And also cool. the audience is trying to figure out who was murdered. There's a lot of, yeah. yeah. We got to mm-hmm. know who's who was murdered, who's doing the murdering, yeah. why. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's all cool. I like that. But here's my issue. There's a similar show, similar to a certain extent. It's got some other narrative things going on, but there's a similar show that also has a coastal setting and also has a similar opening sequence as well, uh, using the the ocean and stuff like that. And that show uh, is on Showtime, and it came out a few years before this, I think. Um, it's called The Affair. It's a mm-hmm. fantastic show. I love that show, and I yeah. love how well, they. The first season is really good. Right? Yeah, it kind of drops down a little yeah. bit. They kind of the drag it on is too a long. Really good season. But yeah. there's a mystery involved in a death in that mm-hmm. one. It's a similar kind of thing. Yeah. And the detective in that is uh, the, I don't know the actor's name, I didn't write it down, but it's the guy who plays Deacon in King of Queens. Is it? I forgot that. Yeah, he, he is. He's the one doing him. all the investigating, and it's fantastic. Um, but let me tell you my issue here. Big Little Eyes uses the same structure, uh-huh. and they use the actress Marin Dungy, is her name, or Dungy? Uh, that's the actress who plays Deacon's wife on the King of Queens. Yeah, So you need to tell me we got two prestige cable shows where we've got... Uh, one, which is Deacon investigating the crime mm-hmm. in very like obvious sort of structure kind of way. And then another one where the actress who played Deacon's wife is investigating Would the crime. Would you prefer Doug? Doug Heffernan? I'm just saying Malcolm? nobody at HBO was like, <laughs> isn't this kind of weird? There's this other show on the other network that has Deacon on it. And now we're having Deacon's wife on this. That seems weird <laughs> to me. Like, is nobody else catching that? Not that it's like an issue, but it's it's weird. It would totally be weird. Could you weird. imagine if it was if it was Kevin James on one show and then the next show a similar structure and it's Leah Remini that'd be weird that would be almost as weird as how Kevin James went on to have that other show what's it called is it Kevin Can Wait I think it's Kevin Can Wait Kevin Can Wait where he uh, (laughs) had that was there was real quick that was around the time where there were a lot of Kevin shows on TV because there there was Kevin sort of saves the world or something yeah yeah but this is the one where Kevin James had a wife who was played by Aaron Hayes and uh, I think after the first season, they killed her they off. Killed her off. And brought in. Brought in Leah Remini. From King and Queens, Leah Remini, <laughs> to replace her. So. It's sort of similar in a way. Yeah. What were um, we talking about? We were just talking about the structure of having a detective investigate. Oh. <laughs> anyway, back to Big Little Lies. Back to Big Little Lies. You know, one thing we mentioned here is that Shailene Woodley is uh, driving with her with her son in the back. Yes. Um, her son's name is Ziggy. Well, actually, mm-hmm. the actor's name, I didn't look it up, but he's the same guy. I, I knew he looked familiar, and I was like, who is this kid? It's Young Sheldon oh. from the show Young Sheldon, oh, that Big Bang Theory spinoff, okay. which I forgot was a thing. Is that still a thing? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Oh, okay. uh, but uh, his character name is Ziggy, mm-hmm. and... Um, Reese Witherspoon, I think her character, you know, side note too, I'm going to call all these, these people by their actor names because it's just going to be easier to go with it. Just accept that that's what we're going to do. But Reese Witherspoon (laughs) says to Shailene Woodley, oh, Ziggy, like Ziggy Stardust. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be honest. That might be where your mind goes to start off. That's not where my mind goes. My mind no. goes straight to Ziggy, the, the comic strip guy. Oh, yeah. And there's that Ziggy, too. 
So my other critique, I would have named him after Ziggy, the comic guy. It would <laughs> Ziggy like Ziggy, Ziggy Stardust? No, Ziggy, you know, from the comics. He's always having a rough day or whatever. <laughs> That's a good point. Thank you. <laughs> um, so let's jump forward. Um, the next scene I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Again, we're skipping some scenes because we're not getting into everything. Yeah. Oh, but that was the scene where like Shailene Woodley and Reese Witherspoon become friends. And Shailene Woodley is like new to town. She's new to town. And Reese Witherspoon kind of like rules this town. Yeah. So so she's a good friend to have. And this is kind of one of those like piloty pilot structure you know being mm-hmm. the first episode setting things up we've mm-hmm. got a, a mysterious newcomer yeah yeah mm-hmm. um so she has coffee with uh one of the other moms nicole kidman mm-hmm. uh in a later scene after here they after they drop, they drop the kids, kids off. off yeah mm-hmm. and it's at this wharf kind of looking place a little coffee shop restaurant diner yeah. that's like on the water yeah it's beautiful Yes, it beautiful. is. Everything in this show is beautiful. It really is. It's fun. You know, I tell you, I was drinking some coffee this morning watching this show at like 7 a.m. when I woke up before mm-hmm. the baby got up and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm just relaxing and enjoying it. It was it was enjoyable. Yeah, it is. This is kind of, I would call it like a guilty pleasure kind of show. Yeah, yeah. I think you'd say that. Mm-hmm. And uh, especially too for, for men, like not to be, mm-hmm. you know, gender stereotypes or whatever, but it feels like this is not necessarily a show. It's definitely not a show directed toward no, men. No, it's like a female-centric show. Yeah. Like most of the char- most of the lead characters are women. But hey, it's got murder, you know? I can get into it. <laughs> right. I mean, women like murder too, but... Hey, love it love it men like murder too <laughs> but uh there's this scene though where they're at the uh the wharf getting getting some coffee and um you kind of learn more about the characters we do i mentioned before shailene woodley's characters new new in town she says a line where she says sometimes when i'm in a new place i get this sensation like if only i were here and i think reese witherspoon goes you you are here <laughs> kind of shows her yeah <laughs> but she's like no i i i didn't write down the rest of the line but she's like kind of feel like i don't you know, I'm on the outside looking in, mm-hmm. and I think that you know and those kind of things. Seems to be, on, yeah, she does an because she's yeah. not poor, but she's not a rich person like yeah, the other people and she's, are. She's younger than the other moms. She's a single mom. Yeah, yeah. She works, but just part time. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And but that you know those kind of things and pilots kind of help to show the characters having these conversations. Yeah. And I think also earlier in the episode. Reese Witherspoon said that the the over under in this town is one hundred and fifty thousand. So if you're making less than that, it's like you're not even working, right? Yeah. yeah. So which at, which Shailene Woodley is not making that much. Neither is Reese Witherspoon, um, because she just works part time in community theater, right. but her her husband is making more. Yeah, and you got to be making more than one hundred fifty thousand to afford these houses, though. Too, I found an these article. These houses are mansions. They're like yeah. multi million dollar mansions. Yeah. Even Shailene Woodley's house, I think it said it was like. 530,000 or something yeah. like that. So. Yeah, which is a house which if it were around where we live would maybe be like 160 maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I, can't I, w- I was thinking even less than that, but if it was in Columbus it would be more, but yeah. we're like in the suburbs of that. In the suburbs. Yeah. But um, where they're at it's way more. Yeah. Now, there's one thing I wanted to point out in this scene is that this does something that I think pilots do sometimes that are very exciting, especially these, you know, uh mysterious kind of, you know, limited series style kind of pilots here mm-hmm. is that there's a moment and you could even miss it and you're watching it when after Shailene Woodley's is talking a little bit it cuts to somebody that's like in the diner like peeking around the corner at them and then mm-hmm. it cuts away from it real quick mm-hmm. and I was like looking I was like do we see that character again I had to look it up on IMDb and stuff so the character did I write that down no I didn't write it down but um 
We don't know. We don't know who it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know who it is. And I looked it up on IMDb. He appears in multiple episodes. I was just <laughs> checking. I was like, that wasn't a weird thing. That was like a different <laughs> character that I should have recognized. Um, so setting up some suspense there. Yeah. And my theory on that. And I don't know really what happens at all. Mm-hmm. Shailene Woodley said that she doesn't know anybody here or anything like that. And then it cuts to that dude who's kind of peeking around the corner. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's some connection. Maybe the father of her kid. I don't know. Oh, you. Oh, I can't tell you yeah don't tell me no but that's my guess okay that's what it feels Um, like okay i'm not gonna tell you anything wow (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah also in the scene where shailene woodley and um reese witherspoon and nicole came in are having coffee i think shailene woodley says something like the two of you are just so like She's commenting on how like, beautiful and yeah. perfect they are and how perfect their lives seems. And she says, like, everything about you guys seems so right. And that makes me feel so wrong yeah. for some, some reason. Something to that effect is what she says. Mm-hmm. And I, it's like, on the surface, it seems like Nicole Kidman and Reese Witherspoon are leading these perfect lives. But they're... Not, not as perfect as they seem. They're getting ready we'll, to unravel we'll to the point of murder. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they sure are. Yeah. Um. Well, hey, let's talk about the next scene after that. Well, I don't know if it's the next scene Is after that. Is that when that. they're back to the school? No, but uh, it's before that. But I want to talk okay. about, so the way that the um, there's some interspersed scenes going on throughout a little bit. And we see a shot of Shailene Woodley running on the beach. But mm-hmm. it's cut in with a few different uh, visuals there. So she's running on the beach in like workout clothes or whatever, doing mm-hmm. doing a jog. But then mm-hmm. there's also shots of her running in a blue dress that mm-hmm. sort of seems like it's falling off a little bit. Can't really tell. And then there's also shots where they show footprints in the sand mm-hmm. with like maybe a barefoot and one dress shoe on or maybe two bare feet and two dress shoes. It's a little hard to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of cool, you know. But it looks like women's bare feet and maybe a man's dress shoe. Perhaps, yeah. yeah it's, not, it's not like heels. The dress shoe. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's heels. a men's dress shoe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, so that's kind of a cool thing where it's doing because it's jumping around. It's like, is that the night of the murder? Is that some other time? Yeah. I don't know exactly what's going on there. Yeah, and this is kind of like a teaser. A little bit seeing. of a teaser there. And they do a lot of that throughout this. Um, season one is directed by Jean-Marc Vallée. Uh, and he also directed season one of Sharp Objects, which we've watched. And we love that show. That was a cool mm-hmm, show. That was a really good show. But it does a lot of the same things. Like yeah. when I was watching this after having seen Sharp Objects, I got into it a lot more because I was like, well, I loved all that stuff they did in Sharp Objects, and they do a lot of that here too. So for me, that was kind of like, that was kind of like um, a really cool, uh, I don't know, as a connection. It was almost like when I was watching this, it felt like, you know, when you see a director who directs mm-hmm. like two movies and they feel like the same, that's what it felt like to me. And so, hey, if you like Sharp Objects, you'll probably like Big Little Lies. And, you know, if it, Sounded like I was struggling there, trying to make a point there, and was like, hey, it felt like you were watching a movie and then another movie by a same director. It's because our phones were just going off because we had a tornado warning. Uh-huh. And so from, like, I don't know if you hit the little back 10 seconds thing on the podcast, that was like a half hour ago in for our us, time because yeah. we were just in the basement for a little while. Yep. Yeah. So had to but wake we're up. back. We're back. Everything we had to wake up a baby, carry him down there. but Get the cat. Yeah. You know, it was a big ordeal. It was, but hey. <laughs> We're here and we're talking about sharp. Uh, we're talking about Big Little Lies. Yeah, I was talking about Sharp Objects though, because again, it's the same director there. Uh, yeah. Very stylistic show though, and I like it. It's very yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And earlier we were, we were talking about how we would 
like read books that were that that were um, by an author yeah, yeah yeah that like shows or movies have been based on uh-huh and by the way sharp objects which has the same the show has the same director as this um is also based on a book all right by, by gillian flynn who also wrote gone girl and gone girl is a similar kind of vibe too yeah so as if, well. if you liked sharp objects or the show sharp objects or if you liked the, just sharp objects in general just knives <laughs> and stuff like, yeah if you like those if you liked the movie gone girls um I gone was, girl gone girl <laughs> you would probably like big little lies those gone are, girls is sort of like the kind of thing that like my mom does when she's talking about movies and oh, things she like, like changes it so it's just slightly yeah. wrong yeah i feel like she when knows she, that it's wrong when she calls chick-fil-a chickafil chickafil yeah or i think my aunt i think it was my aunt who called um buca de beppo betty, betty de boop boops, boops. Betty de yeah. boop boop. somebody <laughs> yeah. called it that I'm yeah, not, i think it was my aunt oh, yeah well. um but hey, let's talk about another scene in here. And this scene really stood out to me as it was another moment that took me out of the show a little bit. Maybe mm-hmm. worked in a book, maybe worked in Australia. Uh, doesn't really work for me here, but they do kind of address <laughs> that as well. But this is the scene when they're picking up the children from orientation. These are first graders. Yes. And it's the first, you first know, first day. day of school kind of thing. And all the moms are there picking up yeah. the kids. Oh, I think maybe real quick before we get into this, let's just go over who all the moms are and who their kids are. So we said... I don't know any of the kids' names. I'm going to talk about some of the ones a little bit later. But I don't know any... You can... Yeah, who do we got? Well, so Reese Witherspoon has a little girl. I think Chloe is her name. And Chloe is very popular. Um, And then there's... um, Shailene Woodley has Ziggy, the new boy, who's Uh um, like a shy, sweet little boy. Um, Laura Dern has a little girl named Amabella, who we're going to hear about in a a second. Um, Nicole Kidman has two little boys whose names I forget um, right now. And um, oh, oh, and then Zoe Kravitz has a little girl whose name I also forget. But (laughs) no, this this is significant because so Zoe Kravitz has a little girl and Reese Witherspoon has a little girl and those two little girls have a sister in common because Reese Witherspoon's first husband is now married to Zoe Kravitz. So Reese has an older daughter who is a sister of both the girls and that's like creating some tension between them. Awesome. It is complicated. It's complicated, yeah. Not to be confused with It's Complicated, the Meryl Streep movie. But hey, side note, Meryl Streep is in season two. So yeah, so fact. it is complicated. It is. So what had happened, though, at the school day is the teacher gathers all the parents outside of the building there, outside of the room. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, all, they're all outdoors. And the teacher, it's like a young female teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, she mentions that somebody hurts Annabella. Annabella. No. Amabella. Yeah, but no, she says someone hurt Annabella. Oh, yeah. And she's corrected. Because Annabella, Amabella is not a name. Right. Uh, so, of course, she doesn't say that to start off with. That's a that's a fun little part there. I like. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah somebody choked Amabella, who is Laura Dern's or Laura Dern's character's daughter. Right. Yeah. Somebody choked her. And yeah. like, not just like kind of choked her there's red marks on her neck yeah on the neck of a first terrifying, grade and but, so what but the she either doesn't know the name the little girl doesn't know the name of who hurt her or she's like reluctant to say it yeah and so the teacher's bright idea is to gather all the children and their parents outdoors uh here and 
you know, at the end of the day and say, explain what happened and say, whoever did it, you need to confess now. And then nobody confesses yeah. and then says to the kid, who did it? Points at who did it. And it's like, this, this is not the worst teaching move I've ever seen. It's terrible. Ever, right? Like I am an she, educator. This is not how you yeah, do it. Like she might as well have given everybody stones to start throwing <laughs> right. at the person who was accused. And here. that, so that took me it's, out of it a little bit. Cause it's, appalling it's i can't imagine this happening it's right such a terrible move yeah and like because as a teacher too it's like this is well this is when this teacher would be fired this yeah, is a this public is school the this- worst <laughs> possible way to handle this situation yeah but anyway that's how she does it right yeah and so um <laughs> what happens is that the girl does point to ziggy um mm-hmm. and- shailene woodley's yeah and uh not the comic strip character and (laughs) she um accuses him he says he didn't do it the mom believes him there's a little altercation there but yeah that's what goes on there laura dern does not believe him laura dern is not having it but um and reese witherspoon is sticking up for her new friend shailene yeah i forget all these characters it's not important (laughs) so um but hey let's talk about another scene though um there's another scene that stood out to me when they're at dinner and um this is reese witherspoon adam scott that's her husband uh her new new husband her second husband so he's the father of her first grader but not of her teenage daughter right he's also at the dinner yeah the both those the daughters are at the dinner there Mm -hmm. and um i thought there was an important line here between witherspoon and her older daughter where they're talking about the events of the day and Reese Witherspoon says bruises heal but stigmas can last a lifetime referring to the stigma of Ziggy being like a bully oh yeah because she she was kind of explaining the events of the day and saying like could there be anything can you imagine anything worse than like being labeled as like somebody who had strangled somebody on the first day and her daughter's like oh I don't know being the person who got strangled might <laughs> right be worse. and then yeah. uh, the daughter though after the quote I said says you don't think assault victims bear lifetime emotional injuries and that to me felt like a quote that really stood out as mm-hmm. maybe significant because we're talking about women we're talking mm-hmm. about women that might be dealing with some issues this will be a recurring theme yeah this series for sure um mm-hmm. and so uh you know also you mentioned before I've got in my notes here Zoe Kravitz's character is married to Reese Witherspoon Reese Witherspoon's character's ex-husband mm-hmm. and there's tension that arises from that relationship uh one a little bit of the tension which kind of stood out to us too is another thing that, that didn't really make a whole lot of sense is that Reese Witherspoon we mentioned she doesn't work but she works part-time in th- doing community theater they're mm-hmm. putting on a production of Avenue Q which mm-hmm. I think they say it in the show that's the one where the puppets say the f word or something yeah, like that yeah it's like a puppet show but dirty yeah it's yeah. kind of like a sesame street uh, yeah. spoof but you know yeah, tackling issues it, of like racism yeah. and stuff in a funny way uh-huh. and uh there's been a petition going around town and zoe kravitz's character has signed that petition to cancel the show because saying it's inappropriate um and that causes right. even more so tension just, yeah that kind of compounds the ongoing issues between right. um Reese Witherspoon and Zoe Kravitz. But to me, that that stood out. That's like, would this... Because she's like a yoga instructor, she's like kind of hippie, like a hippie, yeah. hippie hipster. Hippie yeah. hipster. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. She, she wouldn't sign that. She's not someone I can imagine trying to censor the theater, the yeah. community theater in any way. Yeah, so that yeah that felt disingenuous to me. I don't think that that I wonder what the real happened. one, what was in, if there, that plot line was in the book. Because I don't know if... Yeah, Avenue Q is something that rings true the same way over there. Like, do they have Sesame sure. Street over there? I don't even know. I'm not sure. Um, but, but yeah, that felt 
weird to yeah me. yeah but those are just minor things the whole show has kind of got a certain vibe to it too that once you mm-hmm. get into it, it's like oh yeah i'm you know i'm i'm into it yeah 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 and uh cool so you know i want to talk about another thing in here the use of music in this show particularly in this next scene that i want to talk about yeah it's um, really it's really good music also i'm i'm just gonna make a quick comment that i think the music that everybody's listening to in this show like i don't think these characters are actually cool enough to listen to the music that they're listening to so, well all right yeah well you know side note i feel too, like though. they would be listening to like super poppy music yeah and that's not what the music is right well you know one thing though too is that some of this music you know, sounds like it's really cool and it is cool because mm-hmm. but it's all on the spotify playlist but we were listening earlier when we were making some food in the kitchen mm-hmm. and um there was a song playing. I was like, this is kind of cool. And then they, we start to hear the vocals and it's like this female singer. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, all right. And then this like guy starts singing and it kind of sounds like this. And I was like, is this the B-52s? <laughs> <laughs> so some of the music is like, yeah, it has we, that same, we same sound to it. <laughs> like the one B-52 song that everybody knows. Love right. Shack. Love Shack. Also Rock Lobster. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, there's also a lot of covers of some Elvis songs, or at least a yeah. few, or at least songs that sound like Elvis songs. But no. Elvis is really covering there's a lot people, of Elvis songs anyways. Too. Yeah. He didn't write those songs, did he? I don't know. Didn't Elvis just cover all the black musicians and steal their music? I think he, he did a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but some of the music in here, the way it's used. So there's a scene after dinner where Reese Witherspoon and Adam Scott are having a fight on the beach, which their house is on the beach. So mm-hmm. uh, and. Um, at the end of the fight, some music starts to play, and the song playing is Call On Me by Janis Joplin, uh, but I think it's cool because in this scene, um, the music is coming from the house. Like, you can mm-hmm. see them turn their head, and even on the captions, mm-hmm. it says, like, from the stereo or whatever, uh, and two times earlier in the show, they've shown the youngest daughter so i'll kind of dispute mm-hmm. your point about they wouldn't be listening to the music because the youngest daughter who's like in first grade has mm-hmm. shown an interest in uh music from the very beginning she was picking out the music in the car and she mm-hmm. was picking out the music at dinner when they were mm-hmm. eating and she said that she wants to run a major record label when she becomes uh older okay and maybe so that's adam scott's influence the dad's influence okay but like still I she's picking out the music Witherspoon is picking this okay music. yeah but well she's not chloe's picking it the daughter okay and i thought that was kind of cool because it's not mentioned that chloe mm-hmm. put on some music right there mm-hmm. but it's clear that like the daughter was like watching them fight from the house mm-hmm. and then pick just the right music for when they like finished off their fight. So I thought that was a really cool detail and a cool use of music in the show. Yeah. 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 Also, I would say there are kind of clues to the plot in some of the music. I've, okay. Um, for instance, the first time, I, I'm not sure if it's the first time we see Nicole Kidman's character or it's one of the first times we see her in this episode. Um, it's when we see her and she's like, at home with her little boys and the boys are like shooting um nerf guns at each other but um we see her there at her house and there's music playing and like the i'm not gonna say what the lyrics to the song are that come on but the lyrics that come up are significant and tell us a lot about the character okay so, all right uh, pay attention to the music cool i guess yeah, another There's scene with clues. yeah another scene with music here that i like too where they do a similar kind of thing like i was mentioning earlier where it's toward the end of the episode and we'll jump back a little bit here but um chloe is playing on the piano she like starts to play a song mm-hmm. and then 
that song sort of becomes the background music. It's a song called September Song by Agnes Obel. It's like starts with a little piano thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's cool too, where they're like playing the song and then that becomes the background and then we see like all these different shots and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. a lot of cool stuff with the music. Definitely. It's close to my favorite thing that you can do with music, which <laughs> I've claimed for a while is my least favorite thing. And maybe I talked about it on the podcast. I don't remember. But yeah. where like movies start off and there's music playing. Yeah, you say you don't like it, but you actually love it. And then they get into a car and the music's playing in the car. But then when they like get to wherever they're at, they like uh-huh. turn off the car and the music stops. And it's like, yeah. but the music was playing like as soon as they woke up, not yeah. once they got into the car. <laughs> that's it, It's sort of like that. It's adjacent to that concept, which it's I think similar. it's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about... This other scene, though, with Nicole Kidman and her husband, mm-hmm. uh, played by Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah, and I think this is the first time I've seen him in anything, and Alexander Skarsgård was just like a name that I had heard a lot. Well, there's a, there's, yeah, a there's, there's, there's a few Skarsgård. There's a Stellan Skarsgård. There's a few Skarsgård. Yeah, but I feel like this is the first time I saw one in something, and he's hot. Oh, yeah? He's but he's hot. he's like an evil-looking guy. With like No, he, yeah, he totally looks evil, but also hot. <laughs> okay, all right. Okay. Yeah. Got a thing for the Scars Guard. Yes. Is he the only hot Scars Guard? I didn't look up you what the other ones look like. You gotta check out the whole guard like. of Scars. I didn't do a lot of research into this. Just <laughs> <All right. laughs> what I'm seeing on screen, I'm enjoying. Well, That's I think it. there's an important <laughs> moment with uh, Alexander Scars Guard where uh, there's a conversation between him and Nicole Kidman where they he does not want their twin boys hanging out with Ziggy because Ziggy was accused of strangling Laura Dern's daughter. Um, But then ironically, as Nicole Kidman's like, I don't think it's a big deal or whatever. Yeah, because she had, because Nicole Kidman had gotten to know Shailene Woodley and her son. And so she didn't really, she felt like the kid probably didn't do it. Or if he did do it, it was probably out of character for him, something like that. So she's not concerned about it. Right. But the ironic thing is here that he grabs her arm like viciously yes, her and is like, does. I need to know that they're not going to hang out with them. Yes. And I, when I'm not here, I need to make sure everything's going safe or whatever. And it's, she's like, you need to let go of my hand. And so it's, uh, yeah, like, dude, yeah. come on. You're telling people to not hang out with violent people and then you're being all violent. Yeah. And also we get the sense that, this is not the first time he's acted in this way. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah. I got, very scary. I got my eye on you, Alexander Skarsgård. Yeah. Gia's got her eyes on you as well. <laughs> in, uh, in a couple of ways. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I'd like to guard your scars. And <laughs> <laughs> I want to talk about sort of the final scene here. And there's a few different things happening because there's a lot of different cuts, similar to when I was talking about that director, how he likes to cut in different little things. And maybe mm-hmm. they're happening now. Maybe they're happening another episode who knows um but we see a reveal here that shailene woodley's character has a gun in her bedside table Mm -hmm. and let me tell you a little bit here you familiar with Chekhov's gun, Gia? I am, yes. I am, too. I was an English major. Well, I learned about it from watching TV later, and you told me, but <laughs> I looked it up on Wikipedia just to make sure I've got a decent definition here. So if you don't know, Chekhov's gun comes from the writer Anton Chekhov. It's hmm. sort of a rule based on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it says, it's a dramatic principle that states that every element in a story must be necessary, necessary and irrelevant elements should be removed. Elements should not appear to make false promises by never coming into play. So, hey... She's got a bed in the gun side table. The premise here a is gun that that gun. <laughs> you said a bed in the gun side table. Did I say that? Yeah. You What's did. A, that'd be that'd be silly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the the premise here is saying that that gun's got to be used. 
Right. So right. here's the trick, though, or here's the but twist. But another thing about writing is some sometimes rules, you got to learn the rules so that you can break them okay. to create suspense. Well, and they do that in Mad Men we talked about. Yeah. I don't want to give out any spoilers here. Yeah. But, yeah. And, um, but the victim who was killed, again, it's somebody. We don't know who it is. <laughs> uh, Somebody's dead. Yeah, he He's was. He's dead now. <laughs> That's a quote from from Veep. Uh, but what I want to say though is that he wasn't shot. They talk about his injuries. They say he had like uh, pelvic damage and that he was like hit at the base of the skull and that he had a liquefied brain, which is ugh, uh, but yeah. was not shot. So who knows what's going on with that gun? Mm -hmm. It's it's got me intrigued. Mm -hmm. And then yeah. I'll say too, the very ending shot I think is cool. We see a shot of the beach. I think we're seeing those footprints that I mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. And then we hear and see some blinds closing but they're not like blinds that, like, that you and i have they're those like electric fancy it all comes down at once blind oh, yeah. i mm -hmm. like i think of them as like rich people blinds yeah. like they're not little mini blinds they're not like no. you know nobody's pulling a curtain this is it's like a sheet mm, it's a sheet yeah it's lowered all at once does it do that in every episode or is that just the I first episode? I don't think so. But it's the kind of thing that if you were looking out onto your view of the ocean, you would have on your giant back windows. Yes. And you would flick a little switch or hit a remote and they would mm -hmm. go down. So, um, but I thought that was a cool stylistic kind of ending there. But yeah. hey, yeah, that's the, the end of the episode. You know, one thing, so you know what happens. Yes. I only kind of know what happens because you mm -hmm. sort of told me, but you didn't give me all the details right. there. Um, but I have a theory that mm -hmm. I want to talk about because, you know, mm -hmm. we're talking about the first episode. We're breaking things down. Okay. So there's a line. I mentioned, you mentioned you're an English major. I was an English major as mm -hmm. well. There's a line when they're at the dinner scene that we talked about. Mm -hmm. or, no, it's not the dinner scene, but it's another scene where Reese is talking to the older daughter and she says, she's talking about college and things like that, planning out her life. And Reese Witherspoon's character says, even the best laid plans of your life go poof in your face. And that mm. phrase, that's kind of a saying, the best laid plans can, you know, go astray. Mm -hmm. But that saying is in a poem i forget mm -hmm. who wrote the poem but it's where the title of mice and men comes from mm -hmm. the best the laid plans Steinbeck, the Steinbeck the, yeah the steinbeck the, novel the best laid men. plans of mice and men often go astray mm -hmm. and uh john steinbeck was born in monterey county which is where mm -hmm. this is set mm -hmm. and so that like stood out to me as like that felt you know at least somewhat intentional perhaps yeah, yeah because like you know he also wrote cannery row which famously like Monterey, California is famous for yeah its for John Steinbeck, oh, right? Yeah. yeah, and for for Steinbeck, yeah, yeah and so. and so of mice and men. Just to spoil of mice and men, if you're not familiar with the plot, though, is mm -hmm. at the end George kills Lenny because Lenny's sort of become a danger, and mm -hmm. you know he keeps messing up. And even though George loves Lenny, he has to kill him for the better of everyone else. Mm -hmm. And so my theory is that whoever does get killed is someone who is presenting a danger to people and it's not like, hey, I need to murder you in cold blood, but it's mm -hmm. like, I need to stop you because you've become too big of an issue and this is for the greater good. Mm -hmm. That's my theory. That's an interesting theory. We'll see if it pans out. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to comment because I know the answer. Oh, well, yeah. all right. <laughs> um, so I do want to talk too about some other shows we would recommend. We mentioned it before, but if mm -hmm. you like 
Big Little Lies, or if you've not watched Big Little Lies, but you've seen some of these other shows, here's some shows that I think are similar. We talked about mm-hmm. Sharp Objects, very mm-hmm. similar stylistically. Sharp Objects uh-huh. is more of a Southern Gothic kind of a story. She stars uh, Amy Adams, and that's a yes. limited series as well, although I heard they're making a second season. I don't know if it's going to be the same plot. Big Little Lies started off as a limited series, and then they were like, you know what? No, we'll make a second season, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll make it not limited, an unlimited mm-hmm. series. Yeah. Uh, but uh, Sharp Objects is one. The Affair, we talked about on show time the yes. first couple seasons of that really cool yeah um highly recommend the first season after that eh, yeah if you're on your own <laughs> <laughs> also dead to me on netflix which is uh it came out just a few months ago that we've been watching yeah which actually we're gonna be talking about next week yes but we uh, sure are. uh before we talk about dead to me and before we talk about what we're doing next week you know what? We're going to play another game. We're going to play a game. We haven't played a game in a couple of weeks here on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, this game is called Two Truths and a Big Little Lie. Yeah. You might be familiar with the icebreaker kind of game, Two Truths and a Lie, yeah. where you tell people two true things about you and one lie, and they have to yeah. guess which, which one. Which I hate. I hate icebreakers. Oh, I like we, it. We had to do this at work a lot, and I hated doing it. I always like Two Truths <laughs> and a Lie because I'd always like just change it slightly, and they'd be like, oh, that wasn't that exciting. Um <laughs> But, but yeah, uh, we're gonna play it about the um the some of the actors. Yeah, on the not show. the characters, but the actual yeah. actors. And you're gonna play the game. I'm gonna be the one guessing this time. So G mm-hmm. has prepared it. This is two truths and a big little lie. So yep. let's start it off, Gia. All right. So first we've got Reese Witherspoon. Two truths and a lie about Reese Witherspoon. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number one, according to her driver's license, Reese Witherspoon legally a brunette. Okay. Okay. Number two, Reese Witherspoon is a descendant of one of the signers of the Declaration of Independence. Are we all? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, we're not. Okay. <laughs> Number three, Reese Witherspoon has stated that if she were hip a hip hop artist, she'd go by Little Spoon. I'm going with the third one. That's the lie. No. That's true. Okay. <laughs> the lie is um, that she's legally a brunette. I don't know. She could be, but I made that up. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Cool. Where I are think, you getting this information from? Um. So the this Declaration of Independence thing was in her Wikipedia page. All right. But the uh, the little spoon thing um, was in a, I think it was a on a Vogue interview. Um. They asked like seventy three questions. Okay. And like the. Somebody gives a tour of their house while they're asked these questions. And that was one of the questions. Cool. And that was her answer. All right. It's fun. I, I watched a few of these. Oh, my gosh. In All preparation right. for this. Next okay? one. All right. Next, we've got Nicole Kidman. Okay. okay. So, number one, Nicole Kidman was named after an elephant. <laughs> okay. Number two, Nicole Kidman grew up on a kangaroo farm. Number three. Nicole Kidman used to date the father of one of her Big Little Lies co-stars. I'm going to say that she did not grow up on a kangaroo farm. That feels <laughs> like we're, we're going back to the well of those kangaroo Australia jokes. We have two That's or three true. jokes about Australians. Uh, yes, you're, <laughs> I'm you're correct. correct. All right. You're correct. She did not grow up on a kangaroo farm. I wonder if they picked Nicole Kidman for the show because she's Australian. I wonder if the like writers Maybe. and all that, they were like, we got to have Nicole Kidman. I yeah. know we're doing an American version, but you know, she's an American actress basically. Yeah. Also, a little disclaimer on the named after an elephant thing. That's true. But Nicole Kidman was born in Hawaii 
And so in addition to Nicole, she also has a Hawaiian name, which is Hokulani. And the Hokulani is where she was named after an elephant. Okay. All right. The elephant wasn't named Nicole. That's a weird name for an elephant. And a person. Nicole? No, Nicole's a weird name for an elephant. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) All right. Next, we've got Shailene Woodley. Okay. Okay. Shailene Woodley makes her own medicine. That's the first thing. Okay. Number two, Shailene Woodley goes into the mountains to forage for her own food. Number three. Her last name's Woodley? <laughs> uh, okay. Keep going. Number three, Shailene Woodley built her own house out of discarded materials she collected on the streets of LA. I'm going with the second one. She doesn't forage for food. Uh... Nope, you're wrong. She does. She goes into the mountains to forage for her own food because she is like a super hippie. Was this but in the she, Vogue interview? Um, no, this was in a, a list of her hippie statements okay. that I found on BuzzFeed. All right. Yeah, but um, she does. She did not build her own house from discarded materials she found around LA. As far as I know, she might have, but okay. <laughs> I made it up. Cool. Okay? Next one. All right. Next one. And the last one. All right. I think I got one right so far, so. Yeah, one right. Okay. All right. The last one is about Adam Scott. Oh, excellent. Okay. Number one, Adam Scott hosts a podcast about the band U2 called You Talk and U2 to Me. Okay. Number two, Adam Scott hosts a podcast about the band Talk Talk called You Talk Talk Into Me. <laughs> you Talk 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 Into Me. Okay. Okay. Number three. Adam Scott hosts a podcast about the band R.E.M. called Are You Talking R.E.M. R.E. Me? <laughs> Those are your options. Good luck. I'm going to go with the second one. Correct. Because that's... He does not have a, uh, a podcast about the band Talk Talk, but he does have podcasts about U2 and oh, R.E.M. Right. You know what? I actually yes. screwed it up there. I didn't mean to guess that one because I was thinking like... <laughs> Would you have made up the band? I mean, not made up the band, but I don't know the band Talk Talk, so I don't. I only know them in that they did the song It's My Life, which was later covered by uh, No Doubt. Okay. But, all right. But yeah, they were like an 80s band. All right. Yeah. So, hey, I got two out of four. Two out of four. 50%. Not too shabby, but mm-hmm. fairly shabby. Yeah, a little shabby. Yeah. But uh, that was Two Truths. And a big, a big little, little lie. lie. By the way, what do you think a big little lie is? What do you think that means? Big <laughs> little lie. Big little lie. It's a lie that mm-hmm. was, you know, just a little lie, but mm-hmm. maybe turned into something big. Yeah, yeah. I think that, I think you're right. It's like you're telling like white lies that you don't think are gonna amount to much, but maybe have a big right impact. Like how Shailene Woodley says she doesn't know anybody there, but then there was that guy creeping around the mm, corner at the wharf. What was he up to? Interesting. What was he up to? Or how that little kid said he didn't hit that girl, but like maybe he actually did hit that girl. I don't know. We don't know. Oh man, big little mm. lie. That's a, uh, what is that, an oxymoron? Oxymoron, yeah. I should use that as an example when I'm teaching that. That's easy. Big yeah, little lie. there you Boom. go. It's a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... Uh, so, hey, speaking of shows about people murdering and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, before we close this out, I just want to say Reese Witherspoon, just a joy to watch. She really just, <laughs> I didn't get, I wanted to mention this and I didn't you mention it. You could have mentioned it. this literally she, at any time in the podcast. I mean, well, I'm mentioning it right now because yeah. she just really lights up 
lights up the screen. She's fantastic. Um, she kind of reminds me of Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. And she's married to Ben Wyatt in this. She's married to Ben Wyatt in this. Yeah, Adam Scott. But um, yeah, just this is just a plug for Reese Witherspoon in general as a person, lover, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said as a person, she, as a lover. <laughs> like, yes. You want to tell uh, me I'll bet what's she's going great. on? Wow. Yeah. Uh, look, G is going to be starting her own Reese Witherspoon podcast called <laughs> You Talking Reese with Me. Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. Uh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know what, though? Speaking of some other people that are, you know, treasures, um, mm-hmm. we're going to be talking about the show Dead to Me next week. Yes. Dead to Me stars Christina Applegate, mm-hmm. who I love. She's an anchorman. Yeah. She's married ha- with children. She's unmarried with children. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. And yes. uh, Dead to Me starring Christina Applegate and also starring uh, Linda Cardellini. Yeah. Also. I I mean, I personally am inclined to dislike her because she broke up Corey and Topanga on Boy Meets True. World. This is true. Look, we got to talk about Boy Meets World at least once on this podcast. Yeah. And we've done it twice today. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, and also, uh James Marsden is in oh, it yeah. as well. Uh-huh. He is charming in this show. Look, if you have mm-hmm. not watched Dead to Me on Netflix, check it out mm-hmm. or listen to our podcast mm-hmm. and then check it out. Either way, listen to the podcast, but also check out Dead to Me on Netflix. And it's a similar, you know, this week we yeah. talked about a show that focuses on women and murder and there's some suspense because we kind of mm-hmm. know what's going on, but we this don't know what's going on. This is another show where somebody's dead. Somebody is dead mm-hmm. in this other show. So um, that's what we'll be taking a look at next week. So, you know, guys, thanks for listening. Hey, one other thing I want to mention too is that like several episodes ago, I was talking about how I want to name our fans. You know how podcasts sometimes have fan like yeah. names like on My Favorite Murder. They're called mm-hmm. Murderinas. Yep. And and I because I the show is You Me and TV. I wanted mm-hmm. to call people Dupree's, like the movie You Me and Dupree. Uh huh. So yep. I'm gonna do that. That's what they're called. They're called Dupree's. I feel like I brought it up once and I never brought it up again. I think that was okay. I'm gonna throw that hashtag Dupree's into things sometimes. Okay. Look, speaking of those hashtags and stuff, mm-hmm. you guys should follow us on Facebook at You mm-hmm. Me and TV and on Twitter at You Me and TV Pod and on Instagram at You Me and TV Podcast. And if you could subscribe, give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, that would be awesome. And uh, and that's all we got for this week. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, bye. Bye.